My name's Katie. I'm Sam. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Two Ghouls Podcast. There is no way that I'm that drunk. That I'm so scared. Like a, and I'm really high. That's bullshit. <laughs> oh, just stop moving the fucking flashlight! <laughs> and die. That's how you would die. Get the infested. worst ways, though. But they only want to shove you if you give them permission. And his rib cage was protruding from his skin. Oh my god. I'm like, hey, in, brother. <laughs> that little sucker sunk its fangs right into my hand here. But now, now, but. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Hello. 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 Hopefully, my audio is okay. Um, I'm so sorry I left you guys hanging for like two seconds. Oh my God, I sound like the loudest person in the planet. Um, I'm so sorry for just raping your earbuds there for a second. I'm going to try and keep my mic like right about here tonight. If this is not loud enough, let me know. But anyway, so for those of you who are just now tuning in and listening to the later episodes, like I was saying earlier, you probably have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, Zach, I'm so sorry. I probably scared the shit out of you. I'm so sorry. Um, Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to two ghouls podcast i am one ghouling it tonight in case you can't tell joey has decided not to join us which by the way speaking of joey i got him a number one dad mug this past weekend because i saw it in the target uh one dollar section or whatever the hell and i was like oh my god that is the cheesiest most perfect gift i will ever buy for my husband you know why because he's always wanted a number one dad mug and i finally got it for him this past week and i was like there's your early father's day gift i got him a bunch of other stuff too planning on it but this is so far all i've got anyway so tonight we're going to be talking all about a whole bunch of shit y'all are going to have to just join me on tonight's uh, adventure because Bitch, we're going to be going down some loopholes. Um, I have quite a number of listener submissions, like tags and things like that, that you guys have tagged us in on TikTok and shit like that. Um, hopefully the audio is not too bad right now. I'm so sorry if I sound terrible tonight, but I think my daughter actually came up here and messed with the mic. Um, let me check my... I think she messed with the mic box that I have up here. So I, I don't know how to fix it. It's a new setup for me. So I, I don't know what the fuck is going on with that. So I'm going to have to figure that out in my, in my, in my free time because I don't want to do it right now. But for tonight, we're going to use my original. This is my original microphone. This is the one that I've used even on my old podcast, Let's Vent. For those of you who follow me from my Impulsive 20s blog, I do a podcast called Let's Vent. And I haven't done it in a long time, so (laughs) don't be looking for any new episodes. Anyway, let's get into the trigger warnings. If descriptive supposedly true stories centering around gory, real-life topics, paranormal encounters, and or anything surrounding extremely descriptive true narratives involving terror, murders, sexual interactions, mental health, anything violent or potentially cruel in nature is potentially triggering for you, then this podcast is simply not for you. You've been warned. Um, Let's go ahead and go over to twoghouls.com. You guys already know. You guys already know. If you go to twoghouls.com, which I'm about to show you my screen here in just a second. Hang tight. Uh, Screen share. Let's just do my whole fucking entire screen. I cleaned my computer screen today, bitches. You better be happy with me. 
go to twoghouls.com and over here on the right hand side up here you will see merchandise right it takes you to twoghoulspodcast.com where you will find our freak show collection that came from Joey. This sticker right here is called the Skeletonette. It's from the Skeletonette collection, but this was literally like the first design that I ever made for the podcast. So I have that as a sticker. Um, Sam and I love that. We also have regular Two Ghouls podcast gear, which you guys can grab a black t-shirt in or a black long sleeve in. We have the Bite Me collection, which comes in a regular hoodie. Uh, we have a cropped hoodie that also comes in pink. Okay, cute. I get it if you're a pinky like me. You know, you like the pink. I get it. I enjoy black, but boy, do I love my pink. I get it. If you're like me, I would suggest that you go and grab one of those. We also have a tank top for our spring and summertime family families. Yes, Joey also loves the tank top. He'll be ordering one here soon. It also comes in pink. Um, let's see. I think that's it for right now. And I'm going to do a... I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead and do like a promo code for you guys after this. I will put that in the comments of the re-upload of this podcast so be on the lookout for that in the show notes anyway okay so guys this is going to be a super chatty one I hope you don't mind that obviously it's a podcast so you come to listen to me talk right well I don't ever want to sound like annoying to you guys but bitch I found some of the craziest shit this week so buckle up Okay. I was on Instagram this morning and I was scrolling through uh, some of our listener submissions and I found something on accident and I was like, I have to read this to them. So I pulled it up on Instagram. It comes from an account called, uh, let's see, Reddit After Dark, which if you don't follow them already, go ahead and give them a follow on Instagram. I believe they're on TikTok as well, but Instagram is where I found them. The topic is, what is the worst thing you have heard or uttered from another human being? This goes in the Ask Reddit subreddit, and it was originally posted by BestYak4646. Purple and Hurtful says, I'm going to kill you someday. This was said by my stepson to my puppy about an hour before he doused her in furniture polish and almost succeeded in killing her. He was six. He hasn't changed. The dog and I now live elsewhere. Oh, hi, Sammy. You know what, guys? I'm going to share my screen here so you guys can read along with me because I just feel awkward that you're just like staring at me reading this. So hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. The next one is three squirrels in a coat from a super. I'm assuming this was like a, a head. From a head at an old apartment building in Hell's Kitchen, somewhat paraphrased, my mother and father were real nice to this kid. Took him in, fed him, he was family, went to school with us, gave him clothes and dinner every night. Then we got to be about 15, 16, or 17, and he gets in an argument with my mom at the dinner table. And this has been ongoing for a while, but he's telling her he hates her, gonna do whatever he wants, and he slapped her. She was his own mother, and he hit her. I couldn't believe what I saw. I said, I'll handle this. He went outside on this stoop right here, standing here. And I came out and shot him right in the head, back of the skull. Went to prison for kids for that, but got out when I was 18. The next one comes from Dangerous Knee 7562. 
TJ Lane, mass shooter of Chardon High School in 2012. After being sentenced, Lane said to the victims, families, and the courtroom, this is going to sound so fucking morbid, y'all listen to this. This hand that pulled the trigger that killed your sons now M words to the memory. Fuck all of you. While giving the middle finger to the attendees. A few years ago, there was a correctional officer who did an AMA on Reddit who said that he saw TJ Lane in his prison after sentencing, and he was a sniveling mess and was terrified of everything. That thought gave me comfort. I was in middle school, and this comes from traditional ad 3186. Sorry, I always forget to read the usernames. I was in middle school, and all the classes were in the auditorium. A man show a survivor telling his experience. Towards the end, he was saying how, once returned to Italy, he was aided by a farmer who got him a plate of pasta, and his own words, broken by tears, was the best thing he'd ever eaten. At that point, one of my classmates chuckles and mutters something on the like of, quote, I wish you had died in the camps, you idiot, unquote, throwing in a few anti-Semitic comments for good measure. Of course, the little twat didn't have the guts to say it out loud. Almost 20 years later, and I feel paralyzed and horrified at the thought of those words and ashamed for not having kicked my schoolmate's ass. This comes from the Mr. Pot Mask. Once while I was playing TF2, some guys on the mic were just raging and insulting another player simply because she was killing them on a pub map. They kept on and on. People who used the vote report couldn't do as much as others voted them to stay uh, just to lot at them more. It was, th it was then when one of those suddenly shouted, you're that artist bitch. I saw your profile linked to DeviantArt to your Facebook. Your fucking sister died, huh? How, how was it? Did she suffer? That cunt is gone. She ain't coming back. And I hoped she fucking died by rape. Fuck you and your fucking dead rotten ass cunt of a sister. She fucking deserved it. And now she's fucking gone. And I hope you two fucking die. Everyone went mute. Stop playing. And we could hear sobs from the girl until she disconnected from the match. Imagine going out to investigate someone for linked profiles to the social media. Uh, to find anything bad that happened to them. And then to use it simply to shit on somebody nonstop out of spite. What a fucking scumbag. I know online, online gaming is full of that shit, but damn, that was just messed up. Next one comes from Potato Pixie 90210 After my best friend shot himself, I was grieving hard. My boyfriend at the time was jealous and fed up that I was still so upset a whopping four days after it happened and told me, fuck's sake, if you miss him that much, why don't you just join him? The next one comes from Interesting Pudding 9. A coworker went on an anti native rant involving your usual, oh, I don't even want to say that word, drunk Indian stereotypes, culminating in his idea to put all the natives on an island and bomb it. The guy has two kids that are half native. What the fuck? Next one comes from I Build Communities. Son, I'm fucked. That was my dad in the middle of the night stumbling to the bathroom, realizing and admitting he had lost his battle with cancer about two or three days before he passed. 
Up until that point, he was going to beat this thing, retire, see his boys grow up, get to meet his grandkids, and all those things. Next one comes from Witchy Titan, and this is the last one in this thread. Do I know you? After trying to talk to someone I thought was my only friend after they were busy with exams. Fuck. I don't know if y'all, maybe some of y'all who have been to college can kind of relate to this, but... um. When I went to college, there's like a different kind of lonely when you feel like you're the only one um, in a crowd full of, I used to go to classes with kids that were like, I don't know, it was probably three or 400 kids, right? That was fucking crazy. Um, you feel so small. I guess, I guess going, especially since I was fucking homeschooled in high school, I went from like literally myself to hundreds of other students sitting next to me. Um and it just feels lonely. So you do, you make friends every now and again with people that you sit next to. But if you don't talk to them for like a couple classes, you go back to the seat you were sitting at with them. And like you sit next to them, you're like, hey, sometimes they don't fucking recognize you. And that makes you feel like such a creep. You're like, wow, am I the only one that just fucking remembered you? And now you don't even fucking remember me from like two fucking classes ago. Like that's fucking embarrassing. I feel like that doesn't really make any sense. But um, I don't know. Being on a campus with thousands of other people is a different kind of lonely. Let me tell you about it. So into some of the, uh, let's see, what do I got here? Oh, okay. So Joey and I were on TikTok the other day and he shared this video with me that fucked with me. I can't. It's something about the music. Y'all are going to have to listen to it. I'm pretty sure it's copyright free. So YouTube don't fucking come from my neck. But um, here, let's entire screen share once again. Y'all are just going to have to stare at my screen all day. Let's see. All right. Creepy ghost slash music in Gettysburg. Let me make sure I'm sharing sound. Let me make sure I'm sharing my sound. Because for some reason, every time I try to share my sound, it doesn't fucking work. There we go. All right. Let's try this. Do you see that? Let me zoom in. Let me try and zoom in. Do you see it? Can you guys hear the music okay? I hope you guys can hear the music because the music just makes it 10 times creepier. This is just fucking with me. Can you all hear the music? And the way he just runs across. Like you can even see the little helmet that was on the guy. Someone was like, oh, I've been to Gettysburg before. Like, I see ghosts all the time there. People are like, oh, I live there and I've heard all this stuff. Let me go through the comments. These poor soldiers will be fighting forever. This is kind of sad. Experienced it myself at Gettysburg, hands down, one of the closest paranormal events of my life. I've been to Gettysburg four times. The apparition I saw one night has forever changed my view of the paranormal. Lived and worked in Pennsylvania for five years. Saw things at Gettysburg that I still have trouble sharing with the living. It's real. Oh, I hate that so much. There's a haunted Civil War battle in Texas where you can turn your car off and hear the soldiers walk. And sometimes they'll even knock on your window. Jesus fucking Christ. Someone else said, I can think of no worse form of hell than an endless loop of the battle that killed them. Jesus fucking Christ. So if I start fucking, by the way, if I start fucking posting videos in the ghoul friend group, I'm just going to start hashtagging podcast relevant. For those of you who are already in the 
ghoul friends group you know that sam and i are always fucking posting in there we always got memes we've always got what else do we do i don't know sometimes we want to i would just i'm just saying it would be fun if i don't know we went on like a group ghost trip right what if we just fucking met up in the middle of like fucking i don't know somewhere in like creepy ass appalachia like does someone want to go to tennessee someone want to go to virginia i'll fucking meet you there bitch let's go ghost hunting okay maybe like a good group of people like 10 15 we all get to know each other right it'll be fun we go grab dinner and then we go ghost hunting just putting that thought out there because when Sam and I first started ghoul friends on Facebook, which you can join, um, Spencer and I are literally always on the same page, by the way, Spencer just said group trip to Gettysburg. LOL. Yes, bitch. Yes, we will go. Number one, dad. I keep looking at this cup. <laughs> literally earlier, guys, I was on, I was on live stream for like a good 10 minutes and was talking to you guys. And then someone was like, I can't hear you. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been talking for like five, 10 minutes and no one has said anything. So Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. I feel like the audio is either a lot or it's not at all. Anyway, okay, so I did that one. I did that one. Okay, this one comes from Joey as well. I watched this at like 2 a.m. the other night while Joey and I were getting ready to go to sleep <laughs> at 2 a.m. Yes, we are horrible at um, going to sleep on time. But let me see here. I just want to get y'all's opinion on this. Hang on. Let me share my screen and go back here. Y'all are going to flip the fuck out. All right, check this out. I'm going to go down here. All right, here we go. That's as close as it's going to get. Oh! Oh, what do you guys think about that last part, especially? What's with the eyes? I can't with the eyes. Oh, my God. The last part. Christ. Christ on a cracker. That's what I always say. If I saw this, I would shit myself. Oh, my God. I wish I could have Joey in here because he would be flipping the fuck out right now. Or not. I don't know. Joey never fucking reacts to anything. You guys ever notice that? Why doesn't Joey react? That is the question. I'm probably doing odd and untold podcast says I'm probably doing a Gettysburg episode soon. I've been going like twice a year for seven or eight years now. Guys, I'm not supposed to say this. I'm not supposed to fucking say this. But my parents live on a very old plantation land. Are there creepy things that happen there? Yes. Have I ever seen anything creepy? Yes. Um, things like hangings, um, rape, uh, slavery, uh, anything that has to do with horrible, nasty, disgusting, vile. It happened on this land that my parents live on. It's all fine now. Everything's good. Everything's great. It's fine. Okay. Hey, are you joining us? Okay, come back. I'm telling them about mom and dad's land. So it has this, oh, hi, Susan. It has this creepy vibe to it. I wish I could tell you the shit that I know about it, but I feel like I can't because it's not technically my story, but hopefully one day I'll be able to tell you guys. I can at least tell you the stuff that I've experienced. 
So Joey and I have been out to the graveyard that my parents live next to. Like I said, they live on a plantation, but there's also a lot of land and there's an old private graveyard for members of the Lee family, like Richard E. Lee, Robert E. Lee related to him. Um, and there's a lot of sunken slash and or stolen gravestones, right? There's only a few left. I think there's two one that are sticking out currently that are like up sticking out of the ground. I think one of them broke and then all of the other ones are either completely sunken or gone. Like someone stole them. But Joey and I have done some investigations out there and we've definitely caught some crazy things. Uh, maybe one day when I get Danny on here uh, with Sam one day, he can tell you about the vibes that he experienced. Danny's very, um, he's very in tune with this. I know he's very in tune with the spiritual side of things. So he always has a very interesting opinion or interest, like introspective to uh, when we're doing these investigations, but oh, I wish I could show them. I think I deleted the videos on my computer, but it's on mom and dad's. Okay. So there's this one app. Let me show you what I'm talking about before you guys, before you guys are all confused. SLS ghost cam okay so there's this fucking uh app that you can get now a lot of you are gonna laugh at me for this but it's the connect um the xbox 360 yes okay no i haven't told them about ghost box yet y'all okay i'm just gonna stand up and say that i think the apps are a fucking hoax the fucking apps my emf detector's literally on the bedside table we were using this the other night and got some shit on there um in here but anyway that's a whole other thing. That's fucking next week. Y'all better fucking buckle up for next week because you know who's fucking coming back? Your homie, Samantha. Samantha, the girl of my dreams. She's coming back. She's coming back. So, guys, be there for her. Um, yeah, I just want to say that next week is going to blow you guys away. Like, I, it's definitely going to be one of our most insane episodes. Um, but anyway, anyway, anyway. So there's this app that you can get called SLS or whatever the fuck. And it's the connect. Uh, let me share my screen here. It's the connect fucking uh, green like person like stick figure thing. Do you see what I'm talking about here? Like it, whenever there's a body that stands in front of it, whether it be a ghost or a human in this case, it creates like a very simple diagram of your body with all the limbs showing Ugh, I just threw up in my mouth and whatever. So you guys can usually, <sighs> I need to back the fuck up. I don't, do I believe that this app fucking works? Yes. Okay. All right. Shoot me. Shoot me for saying that. Do I think that it actually works uh, like 90% of the time? Mm, it's pretty convincing. At least the, the version that I use. But um, I think that, oh, hold on, I'm reading the chat. I feel like um, you have to use a bunch of tools in order to get like actual solid evidence. So we've done voice recordings uh, where we're completely silent. I have the spirit box, which actually I personally hate using because you have to go through a bunch of radio frequency. And a lot of times you can't hear what they're saying in real time. Kent Burris does a really good job of slowing everything down on his computer whenever he takes um uh, audio recordings or whatever of the ghost inside of his house but he slows him down a lot of times ghosts will speak fast and you don't know what they're saying and you can slow it down but leave the tune where it's at and 
hear what they're saying. I have only been able to do that a couple of times. If I could, I'll probably show you guys some of my footage later on in the podcast. But anyway, so I've definitely and I'm not I don't know. Y'all are gonna think I'm stupid for saying this. I caught on my SLS cam, the one with the stick figure or whatever, a stick figure in front of the uh, giant grave that's in our graveyard. And I caught one that was hanging from the tree. So I don't know what that fucking means, but it definitely scared the shit out of me. So a uh, group group fucking ghost hunt to my parents' house, a.k.a. only people that I know were invited because... I don't know who listens to this podcast, but I don't want you coming to my house. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you. But it's okay because I can show you the rest in like ghoul friends or whatever. Join the ghoul friends group. That's where we talk about everything. I think eventually we're going to get a subreddit. But for now, but for now, we're just going to stick with ghoul friends. Anyway. All right. Going on to the next topic here. So I found this fucking shit out. Y'all are going to flip your shit when you hear this. Okay. So this first one comes from TikTok. And let me share my screen here. This guy is talking about a Pennsylvania family who commits joint mass unaliving or suicide for political reasons. And y'all are going to flip your shit. Look at this. Hold on. Oh, my God. My fan just fell over and scared the shit out of me. Here we go. This just happened. A whole family in Pennsylvania have made a joint decision to unalive themselves for seemingly religious and political reasons. Here's the full story. This just happened. Episode 9. Veer discretion is strongly, strongly advised. On January 25th, 2023, the West Manchester Township Police Department were called to the Dow family household in York County, Pennsylvania, after a neighbor called to do a welfare check on them. When they went to their backyard, they found the entire family, the daughter, 26-year-old Morgan Dobb, the father, 62-year-old James Dobb, and the mother, 59-year-old Deborah Dobb, all shot dead. When an investigation was quickly prompted, they discovered multiple notes inside the house that indicated that they purposely committed unaliving out of their own Christian beliefs. In one note, the family believed that evil, quote, has mounted against Morgan, end quote, but does not go into more detail. Two other notes were discovered that describe how the mass unaliving particularly unfolded. The first note, written by James, dated the day before the horrific incident, stated, with only two guns and me being shaky, my wife Debbie pulled the trigger for me. The second note, signed by Deborah, read, I was too shaky, so my daughter pulled the trigger for me. People that knew the Dobb family stated that they were never shy letting anybody know what their beliefs were when it came to religion and politics, and they were diehard supporters of former President Donald Trump. The household's front yard was flooded with political signs, supporting Trump during the elections, and being proudly pro-life when the Supreme Court case of Roe v. Wade got overturned. The daughter, Morgan, was homeschooled for religious purposes, and she also posted disturbing videos of herself on YouTube. In her last video, posted in November of last year, it sees her speaking in a British accent, saying that she gave up being the Queen of England and that she is a prophet of the Most High God. I rule and reign with Jesus in heavenly places. I'm a king and a priest under my God, Yahweh, Elohim, El Elyon. I am not the Christ. I am not Antichrist. I am not the Christ. I'm not a false prophet. But I am a prophet of the Most High God. And I'm ready to roar for him. Lord will roar from Zion. Bitch. Is that not the creepiest thing you've ever heard of in your fucking life? What is it with these religious cults, bitch? 
fucking committing suicide. We've seen it during Heaven's Gate. We've seen it when he trapped them at Jonestown. Like, what is going on? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know why? Because nobody fucking knows that any religion is real. Stop it. I know you're going to get defensive. I know that you're going to be like, well, Katie, it's just what I believe. Anything that makes you go, hmm, I need to kill myself for this unseen God that I can't see, but I devote my life to. Bitch, you're telling, you're preaching to the choir. I get it. I used to be a Christian. I get the diehard thing. I get it. Go off. But the second it tells you to hurt others, stop. Cease. The fact that I, I just, I can't, I'm, that's going to send me into another religious tyrant. Do you guys remember when Gabby Hanna was going off on TikTok and she was having a mental breakdown? Uh, she was having a whole thing of psychosis right there on TikTok. So much so that she believed it to the point where she allowed someone to come into her home that had seen her having these reactions on TikTok or what have you. And you know what? I'm just going to turn on the EMF detector for you guys in the background to see if it goes off during tonight's episode. I want to say the name of someone because I bet you I could get it to go off, but uh, I don't want to tonight. We're just going to see if it goes off. You guys let me know in the chat if it goes off. Anyway, yeah, Gabby Hanna was having like a whole meltdown on TikTok and everybody was like just fucking eating it up. And I was like, this girl is literally like mentally unwell, like she needs help. Anyway, that's a whole other thing I won't get into. So someone sent in a TikTok tag, I believe. I'm looking through my stories here. I need to just delete or cover up these ones because I'm going to get mixed up with the other ones before I do that. Hold on. Um, First story. Okay, 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 okay. Ed Gein, Ed Gein, correct. Wrong me if I'm fucking correct. You know what I'm saying? This comes from a website called All That Is Interesting. The title is The Macabre Story of Ed Gein, the serial killer who used human body parts to make furniture. For years, Ed Gein holed up inside his dilapidated home in Plainfield, Wisconsin, as he carefully, oh, Sam said what I was going to say, as he carefully skinned and dismembered his victims in order to fashion everything from a chair to a bodysuit. Most people have seen classic horror films like Psycho back in 1960, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 74, and The Silence of the Lambs in 1991. Also, this was written by John Kurowski. But what many may not know is that the terrifying villains in these three movies were all based on one real-life killer, Ed Gein, the so-called butcher of Plainfield. And now I'm going to share my screen from here on out because they have photos in this article that I would love for you guys to see. Can I just share my entire screen or should I just share my window? Gein. Thank you, Auden Untold. Okay. 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 So this is my first time learning about this guy. I found a TikTok that I wanted to show you guys right after I'm done reading this, but uh, I just thought that this shit was insane. When police entered his Plainfield, Wisconsin home in November of 1957, following the disappearance of a local woman, they, called, they walked straight into a house of horrors. Not only did they find the woman that they were looking for dead, 
decapitated and hung from her ankles, but they also found a number of shocking, grisly objects crafted by Ed Gein. Police found skulls, human organs, and gruesome pieces of furniture, like lampshades made out of human faces and chairs upholstered with human skin. Gein's goal, as he later explained to police, was to create a skin suit to quasi-erect his dead mother with whom he'd been obsessed with for years. Ed Gein's early life and his first murder. Born Edward Theodore Gein on August 27, 1906 in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Ed came of age under the influence of his religious, there's that religion again, and domineering mother, Augusta. She raised Ed and his brother Henry to believe that the world was full of evil. Ah, sounds so familiar. That women were, quote, vessels of sin, unquote, and that drinking and immortality were instruments of the devil. Huh, what does that fucking sound like? Frantic to protect her family from the evil, which she believed lurked around every corner, Augusta insisted that they move from La Crosse, a, quote, sinkhole of filth, unquote, she thought, to Plainfield. Even there, Augusta had the family settle outside of town since she believed that living in the town would corrupt her two young sons. As a result, Ed Gein only ever left his family's isolated farmhouse to go to school, but he failed to establish any meaningful connections with his classmates who remembered him as socially awkward and prone to odd, unexplained fits of laughter. What's more, Ed's lazy eye and speech impediment made him an easy victim of bullies. Despite all this, Ed adored his mother. His father, a timid alcoholic who died in 1940, cast a much smaller shadow over his life. He absorbed her lessons about the world and seemed to embrace the harsh worldview. Though Henry sometimes stood up to Augusta, Ed never did. So it perhaps is not a surprise that Ed Gein's first victim was likely his older brother, Henry. This picture is a photo of Ed Gein's farmhouse where he collected body parts for over a decade and used bones and skin to make gruesome objects. Oh, creepy fucking house in the middle of the woods. In 1944, Ed and Henry, his brother, remember, set out to clear some vegetation in their fields by burning it away, but only one of the brothers would live through the night. Hmm, I wonder who. As they worked, their fire suddenly got out of control, and when firefighters arrived to put out the blaze, Ed told them that Henry had vanished. His body was soon found afterward, face down in the marsh, dead from asphyxiation. At the time, it seemed like a tragic accident, but accidental or not, Henry's death meant that Ed Gein and Augusta had the farmhouse to themselves. Oh, love that. They lived there in isolation for about a year until her death in 1945. So now our guy Ed Gein is all alone. The horrific crimes of the butcher of Plainfield. All right, so I'm going to read this and then I'm going to show you guys a literal video of everything that they took a picture of in his home. So if that's not your vibe, I would skip ahead maybe 10, 15 minutes from now, just letting you know. Following Augusta's death, Ed Gein transformed the house into something of a shrine to her memory. He boarded up rooms that she'd used, keeping them in pristine condition, and moved into a small bedroom off of the kitchen. 
Living alone far from town, he began to sink into his obsessions. Ed filled his days by learning about, wow, Nazi medical experiments, studying human anatomy, consuming porn, although he never attempted to date any real-life women, and reading horror novels. He also began to indulge his sick fantasies, but it took a long time for anyone to realize it. Indeed, for a full decade, 10 years, no one thought much about the Gein farm outside of town. Everything changed in November of 1957 when a local hardware store owner named Bernice Worden vanished, leaving nothing behind but bloodstains. Worden, a 58-year-old widow, had last been seen at her store. Her last customer? None other than Ed Gein, who'd gone into the store to buy a gallon of antifreeze. Police went to Ed's farmhouse to investigate and found themselves in the middle of a waking nightmare. There, authorities found what would later inspire horror movies such as Silence of the Lambs, Psycho, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. As soon as investigators stepped into Ed Gein's house, they found Bernice Warden in the kitchen. She was dead, decapitated, and hung by her ankles from the rafters. There were also countless bones, both whole and fragmented, skulls impaled on his bedposts and bowls and kitchen utensils made from skulls. Worse than the bones, however, were the household items that Ed had made from human skin. Authorities found chairs upholstered in human skin, a wastebasket made out of skin, leggings made from human skin, masks made from faces, a belt made of nipples, which I will specifically show you guys that, a pair of lips being used as a window shade drawstring, a corset made of a female torso, and a lampshade made from a human face. Along with the skin items, police found various dismembered body parts, including fingernails, four noses, and the genitals of nine different women. They also found the remains of Mary Hogan, a tavern keeper who'd gone missing in 1954. Ed Gein readily admitted that he'd collected most of the remains from three local graveyards, which he'd started to visit two years after Augusta's death. So he dug these bitches up. He told police he'd gone to the graveyards in a daze looking for bodies that he thought resembled his mother. Ed also explained why he told authorities that he wanted to create a woman's suit so that he could become his mother and then crawl into her skin. How many people did Ed Gein kill? Following the police visit to Ed Gein's house, the butcher of Plainfield was arrested. He was found not guilty by reasons of insanity in 57 and sent to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane, where he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Then his farmhouse mysteriously burned to the ground. OMG, look at this creepy-ass picture of him. Ed Gein being led away from his house in handcuffs after admitting that he killed two women. This is just insane. All right, I'm going to read the last bit here, and then we're going to show, the, show that video. Ten years later, Ed was deemed fit to stand trial and was convicted of the murder of Bernice Warden, but just of Bernice Warden. He was never tried for Mary Hogan's murder because the state allegedly saw it was a waste of money. Ed was insane, they reasoned. He would spend the rest of his life in hospitals either way. But that raises a chilling question. How many people did Ed Gein actually kill? Until his death in 1984, at the age of 77, he only ever admitted to murdering Warden and Hogan. 
The other bodies and police found as many as 40 in his home. He'd claimed he'd robbed from graves, so he didn't actually kill them. He just dug them up. As such, we may never know how many people fell victim to the Butcher of Plainsfield, but it is certain that Ed Gein stands as one of history's most disturbing serial killers. He's also seen as the inspiration for the mother-loving Norman Bates of Psycho, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre skin-wearing Leatherface, and the Silence of the Lambs Buffalo Bill. Okay. So with that being said, let me unstop sharing my screen here. Hold on. Okay, my StreamYard is telling me that I got a love react. I've never seen that before, but that's interesting. Thank you for the love react. Is that not just insane? I, I just, I had to show you guys that, but y'all are going to flip out when you see this video. So like I said, skip ahead like five minutes if this is not what you're into. But for those of you who want to see the creepy ass pictures, uh, here you go. Okay, hold on just a second. I'm going to share my screen. It's like a slideshow and I don't think I can share the music. So let me turn that off. Have you guys seen the EMF detector going off? Hello? Is there anyone here with us tonight? Guess not. Y'all keep an eye on that. Oh, no. Mm -mm. All right. Share screen. Let me make sure I'm sharing sound. All right. Look at this. So there's the face. There's the chair. Can I zoom in on this? There's chair. There's the lampshade. There's the belt of nipples. You see it? The belt of nipples. Mm. And the faces that were all stitched together. Look at all the ears. Oh, my God. I can't. Is that not the most disturbing thing you've ever seen? Yeah. So I found this and I was like, what the fuck? And everyone was like, oh, yeah, like this really happened. And I was like, shut the hell up. No, it didn't. Yes, it fucking did, bitch. Here it is. In the fucking flesh. Are those teeth? Or is that just the way it was stitched? That looks like a hand stitched there. So that's weird. Oh, I can't. I can't. I just had to show you guys that. Okay, okay, okay. Everyone sit back down. We don't want to we don't want to disturb the ones that have skipped ahead. So in case you've skipped ahead, you've gone to the right place. We're not talking about that stuff anymore. We're moving on to a different subject. This next story comes from Alicia from, uh, let's see, hold on here. I have to, I have to highlight this before I go on or I'm going to forget it and end up telling you guys again. Northern Gothic true crime, which I don't know if they're actually in the chat tonight, but if they are, hello, shout out to them. Um, they are a great podcast. Go check them out. Let's see here. Okay. So. Whenever you guys send us emails or DMs or whatever, Sam and I always fucking read them. And we love when you guys send us in stories. Um, let's see. Alicia from Northern Gothic True Crime Podcast has sent this to us a while ago. And if you guys don't remember, she wrote us a story on episode 65. That's what I wrote it down as. It was the other um, listener submission story. So go, go, go check that one out. That one was really interesting. That was when she was on a floor as a nurse. And I want to say it was in Maryland. It was this really creepy ass fucking floor that she had to work on and creepy shit happened all the time. So you guys are going to have to check that one out. But um, without further ado, I'm going to show you guys their, uh, their, you know what? No, I'll show that in a second. Let me just go ahead and read the story. 
dark greeting schools. Ladies, 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 thank you so much for sharing my story. I was listening to your episode when my husband came into my office. He said, wow, this sounds exactly like what happened to you in the nursing home. Because it was. We both laughed a lot and really loved listening. So that got me thinking to myself. I said, self, let's try this again. Keep an eye on that EMF detector, guys. Let me preface this with a little background. Since I was a little Leisha and have been able to hear and feel things that not everyone else can. It isn't odd to me to hear my name being called softly or to see things out of the corner of my eye. I have learned to ignore it. I learned a long time ago that most people are boring and don't enjoy the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. I can, I can relate to that. So when my husband and I bought our first house together, he started asking me, did you see that? While we were relaxing at night, I stopped ignoring and I started getting annoyed. You guessed it. A bitch is busy. So let's set the scene. Our first home was an old Massachusetts farmhouse built in 1850. She was gorgeous. Original wide wood floors, original granite steps and a foundation, bark on the beams of the walls, and a Civil War era haunting. We also had two kids, one and eight, on top of being new homeowners. By the way, this story takes place while I was working at the haunted nursing home. A bitch needs to sleep, okay? We got about two acres of land in the purchase. Interestingly enough, the land around us had never been developed. So this was old-ass grass, old-ass trees, old-ass paths. We could walk out into an abandoned cranberry bogs, and abutting the property was an old haunted summer camp complete with cabins lodge and a lake omg oh my god i want to go there so bad my little black heart was overflowing so much creep so much history so much cool weird stuff it was perfect we moved in and started getting to know our new home. She was old, but a bitch was sturdy. We discovered the original crawl spaces under the house. You could access them from the pit in the basement. That's correct. We had a dirt pit in the basement. It was about 10 feet wide and only a few inches deep, but a pit is a pit. It was surrounded by old rocks and granite slabs that blocked up the original crawl spaces. Definitely intentionally placed. Not to mention the deep, heavy feeling I had since setting foot in that dark, cold space. I felt like someone was watching me from every corner. As my husband was checking it all out, I suddenly felt like someone was running up from behind me. You know that feeling? I turned around and nothing was there. So I was like, okay, nope. You do not have to worry about me. I bounced. No, I levitated out of that basement. Fun fact. In the Northeast, we call the basement the cellar, pronounced cella. Let's use it in a Northeast sentence, shall we? Ma, go down to the cella and get us a tonic for dad. I'm headed over to Dunks before the game starts. It's a beautiful dialect, truly. We lived there for five years, and I've never felt safe down in that pit of despair. The basement wasn't the only odd part of the house, though. We were all outside admiring our purchase on the day we signed when I noticed a window. This window was small, square, crooked, and wasn't in any of the rooms that we'd been inside. The fuck? We immediately went in to investigate. I'd like to say that there were professional, or we were professional paranormal investigators, but we were more likely like an early 2000s ghost adventures. 
We went to the side of the house where we had seen the window, our toddler's room. There was no window in the room that looked like the one we saw outside. But I could see the weird window from my daughter's regular window. What the fuck? My very smart and attractive husband, I said it, checked inside of one of the room's closets and that's when we found it. A tiny sealed door inside the closet itself. Inside, we found a small unfurnished room, empty, but there was a little window letting in some light. The window was also sealed. Okay, so now that we have uncovered the Anne Frank room, what should we do with it? Nothing. The answer is nothing. We put a padlock on the roof full of nightmares and peaced out. But I was still intrigued by the little wonky window. Turns out it's what we call in New England a witch window. Ah, I'm familiar with those windows specifically. So apparently witches can't fly at a tilt and the windows are like this. It's wild. So this prevented said witches from flying into your house and fucking you up to bad. Make you a toad and all that cool shit. So I'm a reasonable bitch. I thought, okay, it's just weirdo DIYers from 1850 and I'm overreacting. I can be a bit dramatic. That was until Hannah, my best friend and co-host of the Northern Gothic podcast, came to visit. Hannah and I have been friends for about 12 years. And if you have ever listened to our podcast, you know we are quite the pair. And a fun fact about Hannah, she is also sensitive to the strange and unusual. About a month after we moved in, Hannah came to visit us and see the new house. We were not as exciting and awesome and hilarious as we are now, considering at this time we had two under two, so we didn't get much free time to drive to Starbucks, walk around home goods. This left us spending a lot of time in the house with the littles, as we call them. That's what we call them. Sam and I call them the littles. As soon as Hannah arrived, well, maybe after I tackled her in my driveway, she started noticing the energy in this was kind of off. Not in a bad way but in a weird way, especially in my toddler's room where the sealed up room was hidden. She was in fact so over the bullshit after one night of, of interrupted sleep that on the second night, she actually had a chat with these energy intruders. She was like, listen, I need to sleep and the baby needs to sleep. So you can please, with every respect, fuck the fuck off. She probably said it nicer, but I'm a trash can person and that's how I imagined it. And that's not a personal insult. It's trash can, not trash can't. All in all, things felt great. I was in my new house with my bestie. I made food and loved my niece. We put the babies to sleep and my husband built us a fire outside. We all hung out for a while, enjoying the flames and the greenery we were all sharing. It's legal and recreationally sold in Massachusetts, so don't at me, bruh. Eventually, Jeremy, the sex man, went to bed and left us to our mischief. Hannah and I stayed up and continued chatting. I'd like to paint a picture of us sitting like forest nymphs looking ethereal and bathed in divine feminine beauty by the firelight. In reality, I had stuffing burnt s'mores in my face while Hannah was trying to direct me as to exactly when the grass was struck to the marshmallow that was in my eyebrow. We were talking about the weird energy in the house and how dark and secluded the forest was around us. I felt like there were tiny eyes watching us. It was actually making me physically squirm. We decided to abandon the nightmare forest and go inside to watch some midnight Seinfeld and cruise through Zillow. And although the feeling of being watched had faded, I was still squirming. I then realized I'd been sitting over a cloud of mosquitoes when we were outside. I was covered in bites from my inner thighs, up my butt cheeks, and the surrounding box. When I tell you that I was miserable, I was like death 
take me. I'm your bitch lover. So once I got settled on some frozen peas, Hannah and I got back to chatting. That's when we both felt the energy in the house change drastically. There wasn't anything specific that I can remember, but both of our hackles went up. My itchy ass was forgotten and we stopped and listened closely. The house was silent. Then out of nowhere, we hear Boom! A gigantic crash like someone had slammed a door so hard it had fallen off the hinges. The house literally shook. We were off my Ikea couch like we were spring-loaded. First, we run up the narrow, super tall 1850s stairs to check the babies, but both their doors were open and the babies were both sleeping. I'll say it again. The house shook. We run back down the death stairs in a jumble of legs, hair, and frozen peas to check the other doors, but they were all either open or locked. Miss me completely. So like the rational professional woman we are, we ran into my bedroom to wake up my husband. Full-blown Gollum, where's my precious energy with me on his left and Hannah on the right. We shook him awake. He probably thought Ringu and her blonde friend had perched up on his chest to murder him after his seven days were up. Jeremy very bravely went to check for any door-slamming danger. Hannah and I were very helpful. We hide in my room under a blanket, my itchy ass cheeks, a long forgotten problem, a dream really compared to this horror story. The brave Jeremy returned and confirmed our findings. Nothing had slammed shut, fallen, broken, nothing. To be honest, as I sit here, I can't even remember how or when we got to our designated sleeping areas, probably as all of the relaxing that we did, but we did end up going to sleep eventually. The next day, we decided to take some us time and go to Whole Foods to discuss our brush with the paranormal. After a long morning of coffee, organic snacks, some anti-itch cream, and more, quote, greenery, unquote, we decided the house was 100% certified haunted because we were obviously experts. Little did we know. This was just the first incident in a five-year stretch of paranormal annoyance. It was like after we unsealed the door, it was game on. This is Halloween. We had spooky friends and they were here to stay. So you may ask, Alicia, why didn't you just go outside and enjoy the forest? Relax from the haunting. Because fuck forests, okay? I cannot be fucked. I'm not. I'm for the sheets, not for the streets. But I did give it a try. People say that the woods are so relaxing and my kids love being out on the property. During the day, it wasn't too bad besides the bugs, the dirt, the trees and the sky being fucking everywhere. We would usually just follow a trail until we ended up in a haunted summer camp. But I always felt like someone was close behind us. Sometimes I would go out in the woods and smoke because of nature, I guess. But once I started hearing distant whispers and calls that came from the very ground I stood on, I was done. But unfortunately, inside wasn't much better. Don't get me wrong. The house was adorable, and it's not like we were living in the Amityville horror. It was just really annoying. One thing in particular was the phantom footsteps. The house was about 1,600 square feet and was a little oddly set up because some rooms had been added onto the original house. Like the bathroom, very nice. But in the original part of the house, there were two large bedrooms upstairs with long closets. And that's it. They are only separated by the landing at the top of the death stairs. One room faced the front of the house and the other room faced the back of the house. 
Below the front bedroom was a small living room with a parlor or in Massachusetts, Paula. One night sitting in that front living room, I heard footsteps from the room above me. I was like, whatever. It's probably my nine-year-old just milling around. Then I noticed my husband's face looking up at the ceiling. He looked puzzled but played it cool. Babe, there isn't anyone up there. Smooth like butter. I had forgotten our daughter was at a sleepover. No one was upstairs. I would love to say I sprung into action and checked it out, but I ignored it completely and went back to the Game of Thrones. This continued the rest of the night, and almost every night we sat in that room for the next five years. And that's where I'll leave us off. I could go on and on about ghost girls, dragging furniture, dolls being turned around, and the little door opening by itself. But I don't want this to be super long. Thanks, ghouls. Remember, ghouls, stay metal and stay wicked. Alicia. Thank you so much, Alicia, for that story. Oh, my God. I love the way she writes her stories, too. She's like, miss me with that completely. Like, but you'll always read what she has to say. I feel like everyone else would be like, what does that mean? No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. We have the same way we talk. All right. Let me highlight that before I forget. And I read that again. So what did you guys think about that? I also feel kind of weird because I don't have much commentary tonight. I'm sorry. Um, there isn't anyone here. So it's just me making the commentary. Anyway, um, I wanted to show you guys one last thing. And I'm surprised that I got through all of this because I wanted to talk about a couple other things. But before I do, before I go on our last subject, which is about Kent Burris's latest video that I have yet to watch that I want y'all to go watch with me. Okay. And we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But I already told you about ghoul friends. Wherever you were listening, I know it's not cute. Susan says, I enjoy the writing style. I think it's so cute. Um, before I go anywhere, I wanted to tell you guys about our audio only platform. So those of you who are listening on fucking Spotify, on uh, where else do we are? Apple. I think we're on fucking Google. I want to say we're on like CastBox. Uh who knows wherever else if you're listening from somewhere else i i want you to go on our instagram and i want you to dm me tonight and i want you to be like hey i'm listening from this super obscure place you could also be listening to us directly from anchor or whatever spotify for podcasters i think is what it's called now um you guys could probably be listening from there but for those of you who are specifically listening on podcasts or, or on on spotify excuse me I want you to scroll down a little bit and I want you to see where I have put a question for you. You've listened on Audible? Are you serious? We're on Audible? What the fuck? Okay. If you're listening on Spotify, I want you to scroll down just a little bit and you'll see like a questionnaire that I put up for you guys. Do you want to have longer episodes? If you remember from the beginning, some of you who have been with us since the beginning, Sam and I used to do like two hour podcasts, two and a half. One time we did a three. I think that was during Sam's true crime episode of Jody Arias. I think that was one that we did three hours on. I don't think we're going to be doing three hour podcasts anytime soon, but I do think that we could probably swing like an hour and a half an hour and 45. Um, I think that's reasonable. Um, that way we can, we can get in more content. I can do horoscopes like we used to. You remember when we used to do horoscopes for everybody, uh, at the beginning, at the top of the show or whatever, uh, you know, just let me know. I'm going to put that as a, a questionnaire at the very bottom of our Spotify. 
If you are a frequent listener on our audio-only platforms, I ask you one thing besides answering our questionnaire down there. Leave us a review. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can do an actual written review on Apple Podcasts, I think. Either one would really boost our podcast in the algorithm. We would appreciate it. Um, Sam and I also discussed today that we are no longer a true crime podcast. We're like a fucking... Okay, so this... We decided that we are a society and culture um, podcast. Like we used, I mean, we do true crime and like we talk about true crime and like a lot of the Reddit stories center around really illegal things. <laughs> so it's still true crime, but like the Spotify or like the, the, the Spotify thing that we're using to, for our podcast or whatever, we can only pick one category for some reason if you go on spotify you should see like a bunch of other podcasts that have selected multiple categories um like some people choose lifestyle and then they say true crime as well and then news and politics um but our platform only lets us choose one so i'm just gonna sam and i've already decided we're gonna go with society and culture so hopefully um that kind of opens up and broadens up our categories just a little bit here because you've seen over the last few i don't know it's been a couple months now that we've kind of switched things up here we're 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 more of like a news outlet now we've kind of we're just kind of like a like a news outlet for the spooky community. It's like, have you seen this crazy viral video that's going off in the spooky community right now? Like we just show you, we talk about, uh, we talk a lot about modern religion and Christianity and things like that. Uh, we talk a lot about political figures in the religious space, uh, people that are specifically uh, church members and uh, Sam does true crime. And we talk a lot about like, I think we, we've talked about like, modern shit going on on youtube like the h3 drama if you guys don't know what i'm talking about we did an episode about that back on ug mug monday not that long ago um but y'all are gonna be really excited about next week because the shit that we've got to show you guys i think is gonna i guarantee you it's gonna blow your fucking socks off so <laughs> i hope that you'll join us next week um for those of you who don't follow us currently on social media and for those of you who do go pop over to our instagram or our facebook which you can find in the show notes of this podcast and leave a spooky emoji under our most recent post do it i want to know if you guys actually listen and you know if you interact with our stuff that helps us out as well also one last thing and then i, I will fucking leave you alone and we're gonna try and get this bitch to light up before i go okay Susan says, perhaps I should write a little for you about my childhood in a haunted ice workers inn. Yes, you should. I would love to read that. Email us at twoghoulspodcast at gmail.com. You can also send it to our Instagram, our Facebook. Uh, we're, dude, we're everywhere. I haven't even, we're naked tonight. I didn't even put on our socials overlay. Go to twoghouls.com. You can email us through there. You can go to Two Goals Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Um, you can find me personally. I'm Hey, I'm Katie Ryan. Yeah, I, I'm so sorry. I forgot to put up my um, my socials on the screen. Uh, for those of you who want to know how you can support the podcast, you can go to the show notes where I have a detailed uh instruction on how to become a quote ghoul friend and support the podcast if you go to our spotify link down there in the description you can support us monthly 
Uh, that helps to sustain future episodes and support Sam and I and to continue doing this podcast. So if that's something that you would be interested in helping out with, we would much appreciate it. But as far as that goes, I think that's everything. Um, yeah, just let us know if you want some longer episodes. We want to hear from you guys. Anything you have to say, anything that you want to say about the podcast or anything that we talked about tonight, just go ahead and leave us a, a, a drop us a line wherever you uh, follow us. Anyway, that is all. I love you guys, and I will see you on Monday. You guys better be here, or I'm going to scream. Please.